Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Now, folks, we're in for a bit of a treat this week because the only time that Jacko lets me be question master is when he's got something. I'm the guest. You're the guest. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be the question master today. Those that have been long-term listeners of the long-time listeners of the podcast will know the question master story. If you don't know, get to know by going back to the beginning. But it was an illustrious job that, that Jacko doesn't like to share. But um, I am taking on the mantle today, so that it was, oh, the, oh, a very short. Oh, it was basically I didn't have the knowledge to be able to answer the question, so it was automatically I had to be question master so that you could you could uh, you could uh, you'll be the one answering the questions. Well, today, Jacko, you have got the knowledge because I have never done a nasally nasally breathing marathon you have so that means i'm gonna ask you some questions about it so maybe experience rather than knowledge but yeah we'll see yeah so (laughs) that is a plan for today's podcast um jacko have we got anything else we need to tell our wonderful audience about before we start talking about you running 26.2 miles and a bit more actually well i was gonna say we'll we'll get into that i've got a bone to pick with the organizers Mm. but um the only the only thing i wanted to say to listeners was that um if they want to improve the way they move and enjoy their training a little bit more and they haven't tried our uh, all the programs inside the virtual classroom with our online memberships then check out a seven day free trial um, you get to test out everything it's, you can cancel any time and it's only 9.99 a month at 9.99 a month after that anyway but you get seven days to t- check it out to see whether it's the type of thing that's good for you. If you like a little bit of a uh, little bit of fun with your training, if you like looking after your body, if you like to challenge yourself with things like handstands, muscle-ups. But equally, if you want to improve your lower body training and how your uh, how your lower body can uh, can help you with the you know outside of um, your sort of calisthenics stuff like I've done with the with the running, or it might be you doing OCRs or whatever that might be, then uh, you will benefit from the the all the training that is involved in those programs. Marvellous. Right, without further ado, let's keep it short. Um, We're going to get into the main chat. Um, Hold your breath. Here comes Jacko talking about running... Hold your breath. A nasal marathon. After an exhale. Yeah, okay, we'll get into that. Enjoy. Here we go. Roll that jingle. Question number... No, I'm not going to start that. <laughs> <laughs> let's give, it, let's like give that. the people a little bit of context, Jacko. So before right. we get into um, the, the main bulk of the experience itself, yes. let's talk a bit about... I know that I know that you have um, wanted to do a marathon before for quite some time. It was on your mm. list of goals. Um, yes. Talk about why you wanted to do a marathon before we yeah. start getting into the depths of why you then decided to do it without using um, your mouth. I would just like to start the podcast by saying that um, the quality of your work as question master, despite the lack of experience of that, because... <laughs> Potentially, you would actually like, like great questions, and the only time you have been questioned is always, always, which then makes it a little bit challenging. So I'm like, oh, you should be question master, but then as well as answering the questions, but then that leaves me without a job. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, um, it's kind of you to say, Jack. I think it's <laughs> a compliment. That makes me feel nice. I um, 
I don't know. I sort of, it was just one of those things that where it was like, I've always loved sport as a kid and growing up and just seeing a marathon. It wasn't, and I don't mean this in the way, some people would be like, no, that's like, I don't want to run a marathon at all. And I like training, but it was one of those things for me, just that for some reason, and I really don't know why, but for some reason it was like, just something I thought I, it was almost like I, I should do or should be able to do, or just like, it's one of those like bucket list things of like, if you're really into training, like, I just got to, I was like, I, I want to, I want to, I want to say, I want to be able to say that I've done one. I want to have experienced one. I don't want to, to die and have, have never actually like seen like, can you actually run a marathon? Like there's loads of people that do it. Like, can, can you think you're, you think you, you like training, like running, like, can you do one? But, um, I, I, on that point, I think that you took, you took the right approach to training for a marathon from somebody who's from, from, from like me, like a speed based, um, interval, uh, condition or into effort type sport like rugby the one thing about running a marathon which puts me off is the training now it's probably fair to say that your tra- approach to training was minimalistic my, in that you hadn't actually run that far in terms of complete distance my, before yeah. going into the event which i think is the right way to we'll, do it we'll, we'll talk about that as to why it was um as unscientific as it was scientific um people have asked like oh so what yeah what yeah what program did you follow it's like program I went out running, son. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I can't. Uh, what was I? I felt like I was. So, what, so you wanted you wanted to do a marathon? Yeah, so and then and then that's not very good. But yeah, but um, other sports got in the way, like rugby and whatnot. And then I I, I enjoyed playing and, and was very lucky to play like professionally. But it did mean that like you couldn't do certain things in your in your contract, like you couldn't go skiing or snowboarding or whatever. And going and hammering yourself in the off season to run a marathon wouldn't be, and you just wouldn't have the time to do the training. Anyway, that was my excuse as to why I'd not done one. And then it was at Christmas last year. I was like, or the Christmas just been for some reason, it just came back into my head about like, uh, cause I'd got, I was doing more running, wasn't I? And then um, it was like, I remember you wanted to do a marathon, but you couldn't cause you were playing rugby. This was a conversation in my own head. Um, just as you do in the, just being weird in an evening. And I was like, yeah, but you that excuse ended like mm. in 2013. Like, what what's your excuse now? So I literally that night just logged. Um, actually, mess. There was someone um, messaged me. He used to work for. The, I think he worked for the company that I did it with. Um, where I wanted, I didn't want to do a road one. I wanted to go off road. Wanted it to be trail. I love being by the coast. So I was like, um, yeah, got recommended this one in Suffolk that endurance life do is the flattest one because a lot of them around the coast are obviously like not very flat. It was the flattest one. It wasn't that flat, <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm running on the sand. We probably went onto the actual beach, maybe about five times like, on actual sand. And that was, um, that, that slowed things down somewhat. Um, but in a weird way, it was just like, a like, even though it was like not nice, it was just like, you completely changed your like gates to just wade your way through the, the sand, which on about mile, 22 was actually quite a pleasant surprise um and there were some old people who were just going down for their uh, like morning dog walk or whatever that kept passing they're like are you all right <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine it just feels really nice to run like this i was like i'd like sprayed my legs out and was like sort of like <laughs> completely like just using uh, it, was, it was weird and um but uh yeah and they were like how it was like at that point i think we've been going four hours it was like yeah um but yeah, it was, uh, um, so yeah, I just literally signed up that night and it was like, if I sign up to it, then I got to do it. Um, and then, then, then so it starts. There's, there's a little bit in that of like, 
for, for the journey of you, just uh, you, probably long-term listeners will have will have heard the detail around this, but just for people that maybe have jumped on this and uh, seen it or listening to us for the first time, you when you finished your playing career, um, your rugby playing career with a head injury, you couldn't run yeah. at all. So to to come from that to where you are now is is to having done a full marathon is is amazing, and people should hopefully find encouragement in that that there is from you being in a very bleak situation yeah. with not being able to have that kind of that physical ability taken away from you you've actually now completely well I say completely there's I think there's a bit of lasting damage but you've relatively well like rehabilitated yourself <laughs> yeah, haven't you it was yeah so I, context was um yeah head injury a seizure in on the training field and, and a bleed on the brain and it took me I, di- I tried to get back to playing rugby initially but like anytime I did any sort of exercise or anything I just couldn't uh, deal with the the symptoms of like headaches issues with my eyes and vision and that sort of stuff and um it was a year it was pretty much a year like very close to one of those like it's like a, a sort of like a year to the day it was it was almost that much it was definitely it was a year within the month um because it was august 2014 um was doing some had some time off and traveled in um was in new zealand and we were trying to get to i think it was franz joseph there was a um one of the uh what's Franz Joseph called it's like a like like a big icicle but it's not think of like a mountain that's full of ice why can't I think of the word an iceberg uh, an iceberg <laughs> it's, not, it's not an iceberg a glacier a glacier, a glacier. Yeah, yeah. and it was like um <laughs> we parked the campfire up and it was like we had to get to we had to get to the thing to see it and the sun was coming down it's like we didn't really have much time and then it was like we was like well and then it was like Catherine started running and I was like oh I, like, had to, I, didn't, I didn't like think about it and I was like running then we got like maybe ran for like five minutes got there and she was like whoa this is amazing and I was like yeah I haven't got a headache <laughs> and then it was like <laughs> so that was, it sort of came up by uh, surprise which was good um there was then a year later 2015 I ran my first 10k but got far too um competitive and like absolutely thrashed myself towards the end and ran like a relatively good time. Like I think I did about 47 minutes, which surprised me. I didn't think I would do it that fast. Uh, and then I had headaches for about three days after that. So there was, it was like, Oh, just a little bit of a, a warning sign to me. So I sort of like backed off, but then just more recently getting into the sort of, um, coming across the oxygen advantage and the importance of nasal breathing and realizing myself like, Oh, when I go out running, I can't breathe through my nose. It's like an absolute horror show. Um, why is that bad? And then and then linking some of that back to head injuries and concussions, messing up with your, your respiratory system and how you breathe and, and then using that as a tool to carry on that sort of like long-term like rehabilitation of the brain helps it like some of the breath holding helps improve oxygen supply to the brain. But Dr. Cobb from Z Health that we had on the podcast talked about um, if that's not done, if that's not gone untreated, oxygen spy to your brain for years afterwards a head injury and concussion can can stay affected so i was i was interested in that liked the do challenge you, of it in a way do you think that like so just on that do you think that you know if someone said like oh you've had a head injury yeah. and you're going out for a run and you're getting a headache in my mind before to knowing what we do know about breathing now you sort of be thinking well is it like the impact of the brain yeah. and is it still some inflammation and swelling um like that's kind of like causing it or or some issues around the neck and stability or, or whatever it might be yeah do you think it's a combination of the brain injury having healed over that period of time or is it 
more to do with how you're breathing and or, or the interplay between the two? Have you, have you kind of like got any insight on what you think might have been like the root cause of why you're um, getting headaches? Interest. Uh, there's, pro- I think, a little bit of all those things. So there's, if you look at, um, you know, again, d- just Dr. Cobb is a bit of an expert in this. On like, he's got this whole course on on concussion that I've done, um, and that like neck and spine instability. They see it. They call it like a bobblehead or bobblehead. That after after someone's had a um, a concussion, that ability to like stabilize your midline is reduced. Um, he could tell you why. I don't know, whatever that mechanism is, but that is that's affected. And then therefore, when you are running, your head's bobbing around more because it's less stable. And then you've almost anything that was like making the head like rattle effectively then you've got the brain moving in that like would definitely disturb it that was like would be far worse for me than rather than like cycling on a, on a, on a bike uh, in a gym was like the first thing that I was able to do because there was no real movement but just a little bit of um yeah yeah and one of the things that they do is they suggest you like you, you take yourself up to where you start to get those those symptoms and then work at 80% of like so see what heart rate that happens at mm. and then work at 80% of that heart rate because actually aerobic exercise getting the system working getting um training the respiratory system back trying to improve that that breathing is is one of the best things to help re- rehabilitate the brain and then learning about how important it is to nasal breathe compared to mouth breathing and then actually realizing that if you find it difficult to breathe through your nose, that means you need to work on it. Like if you mm. breathe through your nose when you're running and it's dead easy, it's probably because you've been doing it like that for a very long time. You haven't got uh, the sort of same dysfunctional breathing patterns that are developed um, to me that is to, uh, has happened to me. And that happened. And that's, you know, there's that I'd seen one research paper that said like, it was literally 90, it was like 99% chance that you're going to have like disrupted your, your breathing from um, yeah. a concussion. To some Amazing. Degree. Um, do you think that, uh, I guess for you that actually learning to run, just this is probably another side for people that um, maybe haven't had, who aren't interested in head injuries and, and nasal breathing, just to flip that slightly yeah. to, across one side. To go for you to learn to run at 80% is probably quite, I imagine that was quite difficult for you because you're, from our training together, you're kind of like all in, smash it, yeah. competitive, push the red line. Um, I imagine that you've had to do quite a lot of disciplined work on not going to go and sit at that threshold kind of place yeah. where I'm literally going to go and hang on for as long as I can and, and, and actually run within yourself. But that also makes me reflect back on the conversation we had with Martin Yelling around sort of that's actually the better way to, to, yeah. to do these kind of distance running is, is you've got to kind of manage your ego a little bit. Yeah. But if you're going to go and run for like a long time, like you just, you've got to be in a comfortable, a comfortable place. And like the, um, one of the, th- the the starting point for me was like, right, I understand all of the reasons why nasal breathing now is like good for good for your exercise performance, but as well as good for your overall health. Like it's something you need to do. Try and try, make when you go running, like trying to nasal breathe is obviously more challenging than when you just sat at rest because you know you need to get more oxygen in and there's more carbon dioxide that's being built up that you've got to deal with it and, and get rid of and the nose being smaller than the mouth makes that just more challenging of it coming in and out but it's not to say that it shouldn't that that more that challenge is something that we therefore shouldn't embrace it actually helps with oxygenating the body because slower breathing is helpful for for that and the fact that I, and it was like, this is actually one time probably that my ego 
has actually helped me. Because I tried to run to the, I tried to go out and run, right, right, I'm going to nasal breathe. I got to the end of the road and my mouth, my nose was just pouring with snot. It was so blocked. I couldn't do it. And I was like, I can't do that. And my ego, that is normally the worst thing in the world, but my ego was actually, yeah, but you as a professional rugby player, Jocko, like you should be able to do this. And I was like, yeah, I should be able to do this. And then, but what it, what that then did was make me go, right, I need to sort this out. So, and if you, if you like commit to sorting that out, um, some of the breath holding work uh, really helps to clear the nose. And you can do that as part of like the, the walking and jogging and moving stuff. But as, as just a, making a commitment to going and sort this out. So when I go running, you have to run slower to allow your nose to, to deal with it. And I talk to people now going like, let your nose dictate the pace of your running. And in time you'll get back up and then you will feel the positive benefits. Then you'll feel the improvement in the efficiency. Um, but at the start, because it's blocked, you're going to have to go really slow or it's going to be really hard. That doesn't mean nasal breathing is worse than mouth breathing. What it means is your nose has maladapted to the fact that you've been mouth breathing all the time. Mm. Um, so slow it down. That, so that was the start of it. And then when I got into when it was like, right, I'm going to do this, do this marathon, there's um, uh, Ben at Vivo, one of the, uh, the uh, running coach at Vivo. I went to see him and he was like, hey, dude, yeah, you're, you're trying to run a marathon with like the running action of a, of sprinting. It was like, that ain't going to work. <laughs> um, and one of the things there was around like efficiency. So I was like down with the efficiency of my breathe from the, the efficiency of, of, of nasal slower breathing and combining that then with um, like running economy efficiency of just like, um, they're on like 180, one, one of his big things is 180 beats or like steps. So it's like three steps every second. And you'd set a metronome, and you'd have to like you see like your steps are tiny, and you're just like sort of bouncing along and trying to like keep everything behind you. So it's like your feet are landing directly below you, just like small little like pickup of the of the foot from behind you, and you just you feel like you're just flicking your feet behind you. You just like and and then you're like it just doesn't really feel like you're doing anything. You're like, yeah, I could probably, mm. I feel like I could do this for four hours, even though I've only done it for a few minutes now. But um, yeah, that was, um, that was interesting. And some conversations with Tony Riddle, who's done like ran from Land's End to John O'Groats, um, nasal breathing and barefoot, like 40 odd marathons, whatever it is like um, just combining those two things and working at uh, one of the things to keep you in that, like that, that goes really nicely with the nasal breathing is staying in the, your aerobic zone of um, and tracking your heartbeat of 180 minus your age. So I finally got a Garmin because I needed something to, I'd only use it when I'm running, but to tell me my heart rate and my pace. So keeping it 180 minus your age. So for me, it was like trying to keep under 140. And actually the start, Ben at Vivo was like, keep it under, like, like go even easier, like 130. It's like running at 130. It's like super, it's, mm. it was nice. And like the nasal breathing was like, oh, I can actually like, I can actually practice breathing light, like breathing really gently. Try and breathe almost quietly when at that. And yeah, your pace... Well, 121, 30 is roughly going to be what you would want for a recovery-based session. Oh, you, it, like, it's, yeah, it, it's super nice. And then you're like, it's actually enjoyable. So you don't go as far because you're going slower. And, you're, you know, mm. my uh, say my pace then might have been seven-minute kilometres. And then a few... And then and you're like, um, anytime your heartbeat started to go up to that that 
that point of 180 minus 80, so 140 for me. If my heart rate got to 145, 150, I'd be like, my nose would start to be then that, I'm starting to suck it a bit fast, it's mm. closing in itself, and then I'd check and I'd be like, oh yeah, my heart rate has got right, and bring it back down. But what happened was, as you start to then train that efficiency, you get more efficient at utilizing oxygen within the body, you get better at buffering um, any of the, the lactate that's getting built up from the, um, from the CO2, but ultimately, you're never getting to that stage of like getting outside of that aerobic zone and just getting better at that. And what happened was you'd be running along a few weeks later, um, your your nasal breathing and you're like, oh, it feels like, yeah, it feels super, it's feeling super nice. Check the heart rate. Heart rate's now at like 135 rather than 140. And you're like, oh, but my breathing still feels really nice, even though it's a bit higher. And what, oh, and then I'm at six and a half minute Ks. And it was like, and then this just kept going on. So it was, um, you know, you, you, you're running along, you check your speed. Oh, I'm doing six minute Ks now. My, na- my nasal breathing feels absolutely fine. Look at, my, look at my heart rate. It's like, oh, I'm doing 138. Like, oh, and that fit like my heart rate's barely gone up and yet I'm running. So my pace started to improve. Breathing stayed really nice and easy. Um, so we're just training that breathing, breathing efficiency. And I did all of my, um, all of my training for my marathon like that. And, 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 my, you know, someone had asked me like, Oh, what, yeah, what program did you follow or how long, blah, 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 this, I didn't have anything structured other than that. other than going, right, this is happening in October. It's Christmas. I got to start, I got to start where at the moment I'm like a 5k occasional 10k running type of guy. I need to build up. So I literally just was like, doing some 5k and then it was like right, i did a few 7ks some some eights and nines then it was like okay 10 is okay like i'm just getting like getting to like 12 or 15k and then um i did have some like calf and uh, issues for a bit that like held me back a little bit um because i just uh, i was just pushing things a little bit too much of my my technique this I mean, i'd mentioned this to you before like we're just in some conversations that's all since gone away since i've like got that better that, that better running mechanics um i don't have any issues and uh, like i could run in, in in complete barefoot shoes now and it not not cause mm-hmm. any problems um but yeah getting to i only the plan was to like just keep progressively building up and i was probably doing like it was like one long run a week and like try and get another shorter one in like i doubt that i ever really ever ran i might have ran three times in a week a couple of times like most of the time it's like just once or twice. Got up to um, a half marathon, and I think we did three half marathons, um, but never really got much more than that. I think I did 22K once, which is like a kilometre more than a half marathon. Mm. Um, and I used to... One of the, I've, I've written a blog about, about some of the lessons, and one of them was like this, this breathing efficiency. So all of it was done at that. Um, but one of the other things I did, which was not planned was um i mean it's me and mrs jacko would just go out for these runs we'd never take a drink of water with us and we'd never take any food with us so uh, one of the uh tips people were giving me like the week before the marathon it was like oh like just trying to get some advice from some people and um brian keen says like you know don't eat if you've never had jellies and things when you're out on your training don't pick them up when you're going around it? just have what you were doing in your training and i was like yeah but i didn't do anything in my training um so what during the marathon and and then and the other thing he said was um eat uh, a couple of people said this to me eat early if they give you if there's if you've got the opportunity to have something after 5k or 10k like have it don't think even if you don't feel like it just have it so i was like had a uh, like 
banana and a bit of like a um, a paleo bar thing. Um, and uh, it felt like I was cheating. And, and a drink. I'd put some electrolytes in a, in a drink that I got. And it was like having a drink every like half an hour ever and having a little bit of something to eat. I was like... Got to got to that point of um, the half marathon. I remember being at twenty four. <laughs> there was there was a sign missing. We're like running through this like forest, and then everyone went the wrong way because there was a, a, one of the signs missing. Luckily, I'd had a piss, so I was like thirty seconds behind everyone else, and everyone starts running back the other way, and I'm like, "Where are we all going?" <laughs> it's like we've gone the wrong way. And then there's one lady had a phone, and she had OS maps on her phone. I was like, I said, I said, I said this to her. I was like, I don't know you, but I trust you. Because she looked like she knew what she was doing. <laughs> yeah, I can see on my on my OS map it's down here. So we, we got off. and so I'm chatting to her. Have you done many marathons for? She's like, yeah, yeah, it's done a few. And she looked super comfortable. We're at 24k at this time, so over halfway through. And I said, well, this is exciting for me because um, I've never done one before, and I've never even ran this far before. <laughs> and she was like, what? You've never you haven't done more than a half in your training. Uh, she was like, be careful, like just go real steady now. Um, <laughs> but. And, you know, and I was waiting for the wall to come and not that it wasn't hard, like it was flipping hard, but I never got to the point where my body, I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't describe to you what the wall is like. Cause I don't feel like I, I hit it. Cause if I did hit it, I don't know what everyone's talking about. Cause it didn't, uh, do you know what I, mean? I, I didn't need, there was no sort of like debilitating, like I have to stop. I just kept, kept on with the, with my breathing. Anytime things started getting really nasty just go to what I know of like larger breaths and slower breaths through in and out through the nose is more is more efficient so anytime you're feeling like uh, uh, you want to get to that like oh this is just horrible it was like breathe big and like do uh, that's 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 just stuff focused on and that like felt good um I was pretty nasty as soon as we finished because right so anything a marathon's 26.2 miles my Garmin clocked 27.06. The week before, I was, like, checking the route. I was like, hold on. This is 27 miles. Like, and technically, so I'm told, anything over, 20, anything over a marathon, anything over 26.2 is an ultra. It's ultra. So, yeah, there you but go. there was an ultra. Like an ultra. The, the guys that were doing the ultra, the guys and girls doing the ultra, had to do another 10K once we'd finished. And it was like, mm. oh, man, I was running with a guy that was doing it. And as I... I like finish <laughs> I see you later I see you in an hour like you gotta go and do another 10k I was like that is brutal um but yeah I was pretty nasty when I crossed the finish line pretty na- that was Saturday pretty nasty Sunday morning but by Sunday night I think like what like just sore or uh yeah tired? sore sore just just sore um legs. legs yeah and um but Sunday night started feeling like good Monday I actually mm. did a little bit of a training session felt all right the the one of the one of the weirdest things right and this is what i quite liked and i noticed this on any of the longer runs i did whenever i was getting over about 18k things in your body that you didn't know were an issue would like come and start talking to you mm. so you know um i had a i've had an issue with my right knee like when I played rugby, I like tweaked MCL a little bit. And then when we did some stupid yoga challenge thing, I literally, something <laughs> popped. You're laughing because you remember. It was audible. It was an audible something pop. You may have blown something. Popped on my possibly. knee. Yeah. In like a, a lot of external rotation. And um, yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's generally like, I can feel that in when I do lots of different things. Um, 
and my, uh, saying about my calves, it would be like my and it would be like my right calf, and then I'd go out on these runs, get to eighteen k. Right knee is absolutely fine. Right calf's fine, and my left calf is like going, oh, mm. not like this. So my left hamstring, I never have a problem with my left hamstring ever, 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 ever. Because my right one always pulling, it feels tight. And left hamstring's like, oh, crikey, we're a bit tight. And I'm like, what is going on? And I, it, it, the, the thing in the marathon. My, I was actually a little bit nervous on the Friday night and it was probably to do with, literally to do with the nerves. It was like my right knee started like aching a little bit, like almost like in anticipation. Anyway, it was absolutely golden. No issues at all on that at all during the marathon. My left knee adductor, like at one point was it, it, it nearly, and this is where I was like, that would, would, would have been, the, you know, if something like cramped up, it would like, my left side, like, went it just a couple of times. Looks like it went, so I just did the breathing and it went away. And I was like, good. Um, but my, yeah, my left knee, well, my IT band, like, so your classic runner's knee, which I've never, ever, 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 ever get on my left side, like, IT band tight, pulling on kneecap. And my T, like, when we finished, like, I couldn't, I didn't want to stand up because I was like tired. So I was trying to sit down and my TFL on my left side was just cramping. And I was like, ah, like, so I couldn't sit, like, I couldn't, I didn't want to stand up. I couldn't sit down. And that was, but I never, ever, ever, I could do anything to my left leg and it doesn't, it's not bothered. Whereas during that, it didn't, and, and then what that's made me realize is I'm doing, so something like, um, something like, like a cost, a deep Cossack squat. Go over onto my left side, fine. Go over onto my right, and it's like, oh, my right ankle feels a bit tighter, and that right knee. Da, da, da. What I've come to realise of some of my issues on that right side is literally because actually that hamstring adductor on my an adductor on my on my left is actually tight, but it was just going under the radar. I just didn't wasn't ever noticing, and it was all my sort of like attention and focus and everything was actually on the what was going on with the with the right. So since then, I've been doing some stuff on that left, which I'd normally just leave alone, um, and it's and it's and it's massively helping. Uh, it was just weird that I needed to run about twenty miles before it would start to talk to me. But I found that really interesting. So it sounds like if you just kind of summarize and think of just some, some takeaway mm. points for people for those that are running a marathon or want to change the way that they 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 go about their training for a marathon, there's a couple of just. Um, interesting things that i think you've you've said and one thing which i think you haven't mentioned which is probably useful for people to know is that you didn't have a time in mind no which i think would then directly enabled you to train probably more intelligently and more in a way where you are actually listening to your body and what your body was capable of rather than going i've got to do this in three and a half hours or four hours or whatever it might be because then you're chasing something which may well be outside of your physiology or at the at the limit of your physiological capabilities yeah. whereas your your focus was very much on an internal sense of one completion but also like how my body's going to be able to deliver this yeah. this call it a performance yeah. um or to complete the event no um, it's a really so training relatively modest i think in terms of but having the a different approach to what many people want to do you just want to yeah. complete I, it right you just want to I, do I, it. yeah there was two goals was like i didn't want to walk so i wanted to run all the way through um i didn't want to have to walk and i wanted to enjoy it because I'd enjoyed the training and I wanted to, I didn't want to finish and be like, oh, that was flipping horrible. I never want to do that again because I would like to do some more. I'm doing a half in two weeks, actually. Um, uh, and you're right. My, I took a time out of it 
because what I wanted to practice and wanted to get better was I wanted to improve. I wanted to, it was like I wanted to do it, but I wanted to like carry on improving this breathing and my breathing efficiency to just to help my body. And all of my training was focused on just being more efficient with your breathing, which then makes your running economy and all that like more efficient as well. So it was all about efficiency, not about time, not about pace. Because if you're trying to hit, what happens if you want to hit a time? You go, I'd love to break four hours. Of course I would. I did four hours. 53 but we were running on the beach and it was there was some elevation it was mm. off road like it was not it was never going to be fast for anyone then i think the winning time was like three hours and 20 or something like so even the guy that was flipping flying around was like it's slow in terms of marathon times but if you set if you set yourself a time then that time equates to a pace and then you're trying to hit mm. a pace and like yeah i could have done my training at a faster pace for like running the 10k the 50 whatever i could do it at a faster pace but my breathing then wouldn't have been as good. And then I wouldn't have actually been working on my efficiency of how I'm actually getting oxygen in. And therefore that's not going to help me when I'm actually out there, out there running. And and I think I'd, it wasn't, it wasn't planned in terms of like, I should have ran more than a half in training, but it does, it, it, it proved a nice point that if you focus on how efficiently you can get oxygen into the body and how your body deals with like this, the CO2 that's getting produced from that aerobic exercise you don't get to that point where you can't keep going because you're not ever getting into that debt um and yeah proof was in the pudding well done that's a great experiment like you've you've done something which i think um in terms of not necessarily the, the completion of the marathon which for you is a big achievement but and something you wanted to do but you've done it in a way which i think really respects your philosophy around training mm. um, and what I've seen in a evolution in you and then how you approach that of actually learning to listen to your body. Like you were yeah. terrible at that oh, when we first started. Like you would be the person who would train no matter what. until you broke <laughs> and then get pissed off about it. Whereas for you to, to have gone and done this and basically sit inside your potential like physiological limits, but then actually to have achieved something which is, would have been much greater from a learning and reflection experience perspective than it would have been to just gone and redlined yeah. it like the whole time, I think is, is a really cool, um, like you say, it's a scientifically unscientific. There is some, <laughs> some really solid rationale <laughs> yeah. to back up why you've done what you've done. You haven't gone out and done the marathon training that people would have done, but maybe you didn't need to because people didn't, you didn't need to hit a pace. Yeah. So you didn't need to go and see what it was like to run 20 miles at a six minute mile pace or whatever yeah, it might yeah. be because that wasn't the, the yeah. goal and i just think that's a really anybody who's like thinking about doing something which is a little bit probably like scary or you kind of don't, i don't know if i can do it change the context and the and the kind of the the um the story around why you're doing it and, and what it's about yeah. and and like you've interestingly it's sort of like you could have just gone oh, i'm just gonna go and run a marathon and you could have gone and done it quite slow and, and whatever else but you've you've taken the opportunity to use that as a vehicle to learn something else, yeah. um, which wasn't about how fast can I do this thing, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I think that's quite refreshing. No, thanks, mate. I think the, the other thing just for people or just to, uh, some, like a, another reason or side benefit, like whether someone's wanting to do a marathon or not, or they just want to do a 5K or the, whatever it is that they want to do, having some element of your training at that low aerobic pace, 180 minus your age, nasal breathing really nice and slow that will benefit like all of your training like even if you like like doing high intensity crossfit workouts having some of your training done in that state 
is going to train your breathing efficiency. And if you think that if my breathing efficiency is better, so effectively when I'm exercising, I'm breathing less breaths per minute. My heart is beating less times per minute. Just the overall like work rate of the system in the background is just like drop down. So I'm starting at a lower pace before I go on and then do anything else. And like, how does that feel? How does that make you feel for, if I train for one hour a day, I've got 23 other hours in the day. Well, you improve your breathing when like you improve your breathing efficiency. It's not just related to them when you're training. My breathing rates now when I'm just sat here doing this are like way lower than they were before. Like my whole, the whole, so my, you know, like your, your breathing is calmer, is less. The whole system is calmer and less. The, there's benefits for you. Use your training, but you're going to, to get benefits for training, but you're also going to get those benefits through all the rest of, of, of your life in terms of just how you generally feel in terms of managing, uh, managing stress, being calmer, because the system itself is more efficient and therefore it can be calmer. So my last question, cool. and it's an interim temporary role as question master. How much ice cream did I eat um, afterwards? No, that wasn't it. I know yeah, that answer. I nearly made um, myself For sick. those who are watching YouTube, I'm sorry, I'm kind of dodging the sun. <laughs> I'm kind of liking it. I want to be over here, but I look like Casper, <laughs> so I'll go here. Like, if I, if I go in the middle, people have to watch this on YouTube. I'm like half-faced from yeah, back. you've got to check, it, check YouTube. Um, so the last question is, I know you are... that Your personality will be constantly now looking... Not constantly. You're, you're, given your personality, you will now probably, I imagine, be looking towards the next thing. And I'm interested to know within the distance running endeavor, is there a next thing? Is there more marathons or is there more ultras? Or is it if you kind of tickled that itch and you're going, you know what? It's good. Every now and again, I might do it. I've ticked off a marathon. It's on my, it's on my list of things that I've done. I'm now going to go and just do something else or keep doing with what I was doing before. Um, so I... In two weeks, uh, Catherine, my, Mrs. Jacko's sister's boyfriend, is doing a half uh, through some woodland in London somewhere. And he was like, he's doing a half. And actually, he's trying to do it quite fast. He's trying to do like a one hour 45, like half. I was like, that's, that's quite quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I was like, I've done all this training. I don't want to just like completely switch off. And then have to, and then when I would come back to wanting to do, do a bit more running, like I have to like build right back up. So I signed yeah. up for that half which is in two weeks. So I'm, I'm doing I'm doing that. Um, I haven't signed up for anything else yet. I haven't actually even scoured the internet to see what else it is that I want to do. I would want, what I would like to do um, is I would like to see if I can back it up. Mm. As in, do something on the Saturday and then can you back it up on Sunday? Um, so a two-day event or something that involves, and it might be, there's something about, you know, signing up to actually a real thing and having other people around. One of the one of the things that probably made it hard for me was I was chatting to two guys for most of the way around. And like when you're chatting to guys, like you're not nasal breathing because when you're talking, you're breathing out. Mm. So, but it was nice to be with other people and like definitely, like, if you were to go out and do that on your own, run that exact route that I did, not as part of an event and just on your own, man, that would be miserable. Um mm. So I, I do like the whole sign up for an event and be part of an event and be part of, you know, get connected with people that are doing it and you feel like you're doing it together, which is really nice and it is definitely helpful. Um, so I'm see whether I, I need to find something that is that ticks that, ticks that box. But I sort of like the idea of um, also maybe just going and 
and doing something. There's one, um, there's a, where my sister lives in Anglesey. So Anglesey is like a little island. It just looks like, it looks like it's the main land of, of where there's a tiny little island. And there's the, I think the coastal route of that's like a hundred miles or something like that. And it's mm. like, to see, see, do that over a series of like a week. <laughs> I don't know, but I guess it would yeah, be yeah. cracky to do it in four days. You'd be doing 25 miles a day. That'd be so have you have you been have you been bitten by the so-called endurance running bug would you say um i don't but that's where your mind is going in terms of like distance type events i think i would prefer you know rather than like right can i do a marathon faster i'm not in yeah i'm not yeah i'm not like yeah there, there isn't really anything in me i've not really thought about it so you're making me think on mm. uh, there isn't anything in me that really is i'm not excited to try and do the same thing but just faster yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, you don't need you don't need a PB, but it'd be a different challenge just to challenge yourself in a different way yeah. rather than doing the same thing, but trying to. Do it that backwards. was the best thing. Someone best challenge. advice actually someone gave to me this was like the go um, go slower than you think you need to, and then even then slow it down. And they said because yeah. it's going to be a PB, whatever you do, because it's your first marathon. That's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. brilliant. So if you just do something for the first time every time, it's always a PB. Um, well, I just yeah. it's a really interesting thing. I'm going to wrap yeah. up um, this as we're starting to come into land, Jacko, cool. um, for today. But just I've been reflecting recently um, around just the the fitness industry and the conversation at the moment um, in the fitness, health, activity, well, like training, that sort of thing. It's all hell bent on like intensity mm. and faster and harder and it's like if you're not pushing the dial in that in that realm like what are you doing and i just think that that conversation in fitness is is uh there's nothing wrong with it it's just that that's where a lot of people's attention is going and i, and I just think there always needs to be a counterbalance yeah. to that of of something which is not about that because that is not the route like beating yourself up trying to go harder faster heavier is not the route to great longevity yeah, 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 um yeah. in your training yeah, exactly whether that's a short-term injury or long-term performance what you've done like if you actually go and look at the research around health benefits the way that you've done your training in your marathon would be far better for your health yeah. than trying to run a marathon pb at three yeah. hours like because there's a difference between health and performance yeah, yeah, from that yeah, angle so exactly um well keep us for keep us posted man. i think it's a uh, it'd be interesting for people to continue to watch the journey if the journey continues if it doesn't then we'll Watch you do some of the bending. <laughs> um, Get on the book and bendy program. Still got lines on my Coming soon. and bendy. That's still like yeah, maybe that's summer twenty twenty two. I think maybe. Um, so that was a great insights. Well done for for completing the Thank you. and doing it in a way that um, has just furthered your exploration of your current areas of interest, which I think is really good to see. Um, anyone's got any questions for Jacko? You know where he is. Um, prolific. Um, on the socials and excellent at emails so you can get to him on either <laughs> just plenty um, of spelling mistakes and grammar mistakes in both of those written formats but yeah forgive him for those um, but yeah no, th- other than that Jacko I haven't yeah, got anything I just want to say thank you like, well a lot of um, yeah a lot of nice messages a lot of support from people on, on social media and on emails as well so massive thank you uh, for those people that gave me advice forgave or giving uh, encouragement um, and uh, yeah there was even a couple of people like did their own little versions of a, of a nasal run on on the day um, themselves, just wherever they were were at home. So that was yeah, that was nice. And um, if people are interested in that type of stuff, um, I share most of that on like just my personal Jacko Human Flag on Instagram. And I wrote a little, I wrote a blog on um, on the Rooted Life website that's got like four goes into a bit of detail the four lessons I felt like I learned from that nasal marathon. So uh, that's on rootedlife.co.uk. I'll put a link in the show notes to that blog. 
There you go. So I'm gonna I'm dodging the sun for YouTube yeah. viewers. You can see me, but I'm gonna get out because it's in my <laughs> eyes. Um, until next week, I've got absolutely no idea what we talk about next week. Keep exploring your physical potential through movement, strength, and play, and nasal breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Class dismissed. Thank you.